I quit. Yeah. I quit. If you're going to wear that thing for full show tonight with the mask on, what do you think? Then if you do that, I'm doing this. <laughs> no way. <laughs> no, I, I thought Who is that? Who is it? It's Jim Root, the almighty. Jim Root, Polly Walnuts uh, sent me sent me some stuff with that mask. So. Oh wow, that's cool. Yeah. I hope he's okay because I was supposed to see him earlier and he never showed up. Text him. And make sure he's <laughs> yeah, I hope you're okay, Polly. Hey, is Boner Jam's audio okay? We probably should have thought of this before we started. Is his your is your mic on? Uh... Oh yeah, it is. It is kind of uh, low and roomy. Kind of roomy. Yeah. Low and roomy. Yeah. Anyway, hello everybody on the last Wednesday in March. It is Metal Wednesday. And um, I just woke up from a 20 minute nap because Killian wouldn't fall asleep. So, yeah, there you go. So I'm trying to trying to get my um, trying to get back up here. So Brian's going to have to carry Brian's going to have to uh, carry the load. You have a monster. I have one of these. Um... How's that? Yeah. Delicious. Do I sound any better now? Or... No, still the same. Really? Yep. That's, a, that's awesome. Let me see. No, everything's plugged in. Try tapping on it. Yeah, everything, it's not on. Everything's yes. plugged in, but it's not. it's not on. Huh. Let me try something. Go to settings. Go to audio. Yes. Go to microphone or mic. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, Ooh. everybody. Boom. Oh, my there God. There it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> have you blown everybody's speakers at home? <sighs> okay. I'm good. <laughs> Maybe we should go oh. back to the other microphone, huh? Okay. Bye. All right. So what, do, what do we have planned for tonight, Brian? Let's rock and roll. Let's do all the. Um, Let's do it. Uh, yeah, the particulars. Bring it on, Johnny. Bring it on. There we go. Become a channel member. Click the join button. You've only seen this five thousand times. Everyone, you know what to do. Well, tell them the ex- anyway. Yeah, executive producers on Johnny Bean TV. We have the man Dave Ennis, Final Freak 5150, Mike Neese, Musical Therapy Lazarus, Majestic PB and J Cat, Wayno False Flag, Sherman Callahan, Andy Carson, ADHD Sharp Michael B, <laughs> R Habs Warlog, The Chad, Lawrence Christensen, Lindy Lou and Mary, James Gum, Johnny Moronic, Paul Martin Woods, Steve Franklin, Michael Smith. The captain, everybody is the captain. Thomas Santiago, Joe Christian, Jimmy Ray Hawkins, David Allen Greer, and Steve Carmichael. <laughs> Steve Carmichael. <laughs> this is the Metal Wednesday. This is the Metal Show, so I got to do it like that. Hell yeah. Steve Carmichael. David Allen Greer. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Wow. Good old David Allen Greer. Man, that's the top tier of channel membership here on Johnny Bean TV. Yep. It's awesome. And even though you guys can't see me, Super Chats changes the color of my lights. And by the way, we were live on Twitch earlier doing the Twitch Van Halen show, and all of a sudden my lights went off or went on. And I'm like, what's going on? You Check out the show. It'll be here on YouTube, actually, uh, in about 23 uh, hours. It'll be a YouTube uh, video. But uh, thank you. If, can I even scroll up that far? Is it here? It was It was Megatod. Yes. Yeah, Megatod. Yeah, you left a, a, a super chat like like an hour 25 ago. Five minutes before the show. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> you you, uh, you turned on my green lights, but thank you so much for your all, all your support, Megatod seven hundred seven. Mega yeah, mega yeah, Megatod yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Thank you so much. Um, what else? Uh, we're live yeah. on Facebook. Bookface. Johnny Bean TV Facebook page where we have Facebook stars, which is a digital gift that helps on the production of these shows. We're also live in the uh, exclusively Van Halen Facebook group, Van Halen uh, EVH Gear Live Facebook group and page, Johnny Bean TV Facebook group as well. And uh, a new, it's not really new, but it's been a year and like nobody's doing it. Leave a review on Google. Just search Johnny Bean. Just Google Johnny Bean TV, all one word, and you can actually no. The link is actually in the chat. What am I saying? And actually go to the chat and uh, drop a, a review about these videos, about this channel, about Metal Wednesday, and how uh, I was going to say something about the show <laughs> being the best show on the face of the planet, but yeah, I'd be lying. <laughs> Wow, there's always next time. <laughs> so yeah, leave a, a, a review. Drop a, re a review. Smash. Slap that review. Uh. <laughs> oh. God. Hey, Sharon. <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know what's. I don't know what I'm. What I'm thinking right now. You're right. You want to yeah. come, you want to take a break for a minute? And I, I took a break for down? twenty minutes. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll take over. Yeah, take over. Let's uh, let's get into what we're going to be discussing tonight. I guess I'm taking over, and you're talking over me. What the hell? I know. Jesus. All right. So first, um, welcome everyone. Metal Wednesday, the heaviest night of the month. Hell yeah! I like that. Uh, yeah, definitely. And uh, everyone who took some time today to um, stop in and say hi, thank you. We appreciate it. We all know that you have a lot to do on a Wednesday night. No, you don't. No one has anything to do on a Wednesday night. So come hang out with us. So thank you. So um, <clears throat> the uh, the Oscars were the other night. Did anything stupid Oh, God. Happen? Where's the puke button? I have the closest thing to a puke button. Did uh, anything stupid happen, Jay? I'm not privy to. Well, it just goes to show you how um, people have stopped caring about the elite and pedowood. Sorry, Hollywood. Um, the only reason anybody knew it was even going on is because of the, uh, you know, the slap, the 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 wimpy slap heard around the world or seen around the world. So slap, slap, slap. Yeah. You imagine if a grown man just slapped you in the face, what would you do? 
Well, I think Chris Rock handled it like a professional. And he instantly saw dollar signs because he's going on tour. Yeah. Um, and see, I have my own. I didn't want to talk about this tonight, but now you're forcing my hand. I am. Let's do it. So I feel what happened was, um, you know, I mean, if you watch it, Will Smith laughed. And his wife, Jada, was not laughing. And again, uh, Octopus Ears mentioned OzFest before. Jada's band was on OzFest with us. And Will Smith was actually on that tour uh hanging out for like two weeks straight and he was he, he was cool as hell she was cool as hell no problems no issues whatever wasn't he but, wa uh, walking around wearing a gizmachi shirt yeah she was yeah so anyway i think he looked over and saw that she wasn't laughing and his ego made him like he's like i, I can't i can't let this go i gotta do something you know as a man i get it you know you you got to obviously you want to defend your woman. But again, if, if he just would have let it go, nobody would have nobody would have given a crap. Comedians tell jokes. It wasn't even that bad of a joke. I mean, give me a break, you know. Yeah. But his ego took a took a shot. And, um, you know, yeah, look at that. Chris Rock's ticket prices jumped from 300 to like four grand or something after the slap or 400, three to 400, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But anyway. Um, you know, and then all the stuff, is it real? Is it fake? I could really care less, you know, if it was real, Will Smith has the wimpiest slap I've ever seen in my life, you know? <laughs> so whatever. If it's real, like, why, why would you slap someone? Like what was, I'm going to walk up and I'm going to slap him in. You know how many times I've slapped someone? Not never. Well, what what if Mike Tyson was the host and he said something? Will Smith would have sat there and laughed his ass off. He would have sat there and took it. Or The Rock. Yeah. It would have been funnier because, you know, Will Smith's like a foot taller than Chris Rock. Mm -hmm. And Chris Rock, does, Chris Rock does not claim to be a tough guy. No, really? It would have been funnier if he just went up there, picked him up by his arms, and dropped him off the stage or something. You know what I mean? Like, it would have been funnier doing something like that. But just to – it wasn't even a bitch slap either. Like no. a bit slap is the isn't at the back of your hand. Yeah, you know. No, oh, he came uh, through with that though. He came like through. Well, the fact that Chris Rock didn't, all he did was, I don't know. I think I could slap harder than that. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. The um, I know I've said this before, but if a grown man, I don't care if you're 18, 20, 80, you slap me. Yeah, we're fighting. <laughs> we're we're gonna be we're gonna be throwing hands. I promise you that. The ass whooping that I would extract would be unparalleled. It would be it would not be good. So. You know, I would have thought it was a hundred percent fake if um, like Chris Rock looked shocked after it happened. Like he didn't know what to do. Like he was looking off to the side at like the producer. Like we cutting? No. Okay. We're I guess we're gonna. You know, like he didn't really know how to handle it, which that to me was kind of like telling. And then, yeah, Jeannie, thank you. And then obviously Will Smith sitting there seeing red when he was yelling, you know, uh, put, what is it? Um, whatever. Whatever he was yelling. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, um, it was definitely weird. But This is metal. Let's talk about metal. Yeah. But I, I thought it was 
but actually it was, it was kind of amusing. But anyway, the amount of memes that I've received is just, it's absurd. I think I've received at least 150 memes from this. So. But, all right, let's move on, shall we? Yep. So, Jay. Yes. You ready to get into it? I'm ready. Pump. You look, you look pump. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I have to put some uh, put some music on in a minute. Pump me up. Your hair looks great today, by the way. Oh God! All right, let's move on. <laughs> All right. So one thing we were going to talk about tonight is a little album by a band called Lamb of God. Little album by uh, Lamb of God called Wrath that we're going to talk about. Um, Josh Wilbur, Jay's good buddy, and um, the Metal Wednesday's friend. He uh, that was the first album he produced for Lamb of God. Is that correct, Jay? Yes, produced, mixed. Um, yeah, and funny fact, I was actually hanging out in the studio with him while he was mixing towards the end of of, uh, of him mixing that album. I was uh, I was hanging out in the studio with him while he was mixing it, so that was pretty cool. Really? Yep. Where were you guys? At a uh, Spin in New York City, Spin Studios. In New York City. It was um, 2009, 2010? 2010, right? 2009? 2009 right or 10, yeah. Yep. Is yeah, that it's funny because he was doing stuff because he was doing two records at one time, um, mixing. And he had to get the Lamb of God record out and also this other one. So he was like, I remember because I was, I was staying over at his house. And I remember one morning, the one morning I stayed or the one night I stayed there, we had to get... We got home at like a, uh, two in the morning or something like somewhere around there. It was late as late as hell, two in the morning. And then we had to be back at the studio at like four 30. <laughs> so we got like two hours of sleep. If that, and he had to be back there and he was like, I had to do, you know, stuff on this. And then I was like, wow, man, you know, I got to fall asleep on the couch for a little bit. He didn't have that luxury, but, uh, it was cool. Cool to see that type of stuff, you know? And what were you doing? Like, what were you working on? I was just kind of um, hanging out and learning a little bit from him, you know? So, and I was supposed to actually assist on another record, but something happened and the owner of the studio didn't realize that Josh had said, hey, I want Jay to help out assisting this record. And the owner of the studio didn't get that memo and brought in another engineer and so yeah whatever if you ever want to know the truth about stuff get me while i'm while i'm still tired i'll i'll just let it all out <laughs> which album were you supposed to work on i'm not telling you i'll tell you off off the air we're all Actually, family no, here. why do i even care it's um it was a band that was on um the old drummer from Lamb of God's record label. He started a record label. What the hell is this band's name? Crap. I forget their name. Are they still I, around? No, no. They nope. They were a cool band. John BLs. The John BLs. <laughs> Jumbles. Yep. Um, so yeah, I was kind of bummed, you know. Yeah. Anyway. So anyway. You were staying with Josh as he was uh, finalizing, right, the album. Yep. And um, so it's Lamb of God's fifth album, right? 
I believe. I, I don't know. I don't know. You you probably know that. Right after Sacrament. Yep. yep. So it's their fifth album. And the reason why we want to talk about it is um, Jay's going to go more a little of the production standpoint for or this album. Because Jay has always praised this album. Not, I wouldn't say because he's friends with Josh, but Jay, if he didn't like it, Jay is pretty vocal about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would, I would be. And the fact that it's, it's a buddy of mine, I'd probably be even more hard, not publicly, but you know, but privately, but sure. I've always, ever since I've heard this, you know, I heard it in, in the, in the studio when he was mixing it. And, um, you know, I remember Jeannie and I went out the first day it came out and we bought, bought a couple copies. And, um, I just always have said since then, it's one of those metal albums that, um, it will stand the test of time years down the road. Like, you know, obviously the black album is the black album, you know, and if you're a Metallica fan, you might not like that album, but you can't argue with it sonically. Like sonically, it's one of the best sounding albums ever recorded. And I think in the extreme metal world, um, Wrath from Lamb of God is up there. It's one of those albums that you put it on, you're like, damn, this sounds good. Yeah, it's a great album. Yeah. The, the really thing, good from a production standpoint that really stuck out to me the most about it it's not the drums it's not the guitars it's the bass tone yep right the bass cuts through you can hear it It really adds another layer to the songs and to me that's the biggest thing that stands out for me mm -hmm. from a production standpoint so what uh, we wanted to talk about tonight is just you know, we'll do this from time to time is we'll just break down an album go a little further into it instead of just be like oh yeah the album's the shit Let's talk about why. <laughs> so um, did you want to start from the production standpoint or do you want me to just go into some of the songs? Um, I guess we can kind of, you know, I mean, it really isn't that much really to go into. I mean, as far as the production, I mean, uh, it just like, what's the, fr you, you have, you probably have the track listing there, don't you? Yep. So what's track two, the first heavy song? In your record? words? Yeah, the bit of banner, 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 banner. The, the opening part, right, with the tin tin, you know, the snare drum, right? The mm -hmm. reverb he has on that snare drum. Like, I, the first time I heard it, I was just like, oh my God, that sounds just, it sounds so cool, you know? And I think Josh really, um, you know, nailed everything about that. And like you said, the bass tone is amazing. Everything, like, everything is, is in your face like a wall of sound. Mm -hmm. but everything has its place and spot in the mix. And I think that's one of the hardest things to do is get something that's so upfront everywhere, but also have everything just like you can isolate in your, with your ear, just like, okay, I'm listening to the bass now and you can hear everything about it. Okay. Kick drum, snare drum, toms, overheads, the guitars, nothing's fighting each other. Um, and it's just, it's a masterfully mixed record. It really is. You know? From staying with Josh, I didn't. This is all news to me. What was the biggest thing that he wanted to accomplish with this album? It was the first album with Lamb of God. Mm -hmm. From a production standpoint, what did he want set out for? I mean, that's a question for him. I, all I know is that, um, I mean, it was the biggest record he had done up in, you know, at to that time. Um, so obviously, when you're in that situation. You know, I can only speak from an outside point of view of somebody who wishes to, you know, mix a record like that. But 
Um, you know, when you have a chance to mix a record for a band that's that's as big as Lamb of God, um, you want to nail it, you know. And sometimes that extra pressure that that somebody can put on themselves, sometimes you can end up almost overthinking things, and uh, in the long run, maybe you know not do as good of a job as you could have done if he just said, "Hey, you know what?" But Josh has the right the right mindset of things, and he's he's very confident in what he does and what he knows. And, um, and you can't, I mean, you put that right. I'm telling you, man, you know, it's just, everything about it is just, it's a flawlessly mixed record. It really is. Yeah. You know? And I, again, when that album came out, he was instantly like, Oh, Joshua mixed wrath, Joshua mixed wrath, you know? And I, I, there's a, I'm not going to, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, so I'm not going to say the name of who it is. But somebody in one of the biggest bands on the planet texted one of the members of Lamb of God a couple days after that album came out and said, hey, new album sounds amazing. Great job. Something like, something along those lines. So That's you know who it is, right? No okay. idea. I'll tell you after. I don't okay. know either. OJ from Byzantine. Yeah, I, I wish OJ was in one of the biggest me metal. OJ Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Johnny, who do you think it is? I have no idea what you guys are even talking about right now. I don't know, but hey, Polly Walnuts, glad to see you're alive, man. We were worried about you because we we uh, didn't hear from you earlier, but says his his Wi-Fi was out, but now he's back. Oh, okay. Good excuse. Good excuse. So, <laughs> uh, Brian, back to, I just thought of something as well. Yep. When a band like Lamb of God, right, you said this is this was their fifth record, right? Correct. They have a very, even back then, they had a very unique, um, like they had almost like a signature sound already, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. The guitars were very, like you knew it was them by the guitar sound. The snare drum, of course, I think... Um, I think he was using like a 12 inch, maybe I forget what snare he, I used to know all this stuff. I forgot a lot of crap, but anyway, like when you're mixing a band like that, you know, obviously you mix a certain way, you have certain things in your head that you want something to sound like, but when you're mixing a band that already has kind of like their signature sound that you, you know, your job now is to kind of like, okay, they still have to sound like them because if they don't, it's going to come back on my ass. It's going to be my fault why they didn't sound like, like they're supposed to sound, you know? Yep. So he took what they sounded like and almost gave them the, no, it's not Bob Rock. It's somebody in a band. Um, one of the biggest bands. I mean, come on. Who do I talk about? One of the biggest bands anyway. But not no. And he took, you know, their, their sound and almost gave it like the, just, you know, like, I don't know how to explain it, you know, just gave it. He injected it with some. Yeah, just, yeah. okay, here's your signature sound, but now it's like on steroids, you know? Sure. Yeah. No, Big, I... full, in your face, crushing, loud, you know, everything. And also, from a production standpoint, um, he worked with Randy a lot on his vocals. Mm -hmm. And you can tell. Like Randy definitely, um, in my opinion, 
uh, definitely stepped it up on that album. He has more um, range with his vocals, like different styles he's throwing in, using his voice more, hitting notes. Um, whereas before it was mostly just, you know, the screaming and the, and the growling stuff. Yep. Um, but he definitely, you know, made Randy pick it up a bunch of, a bunch of, a uh, bunch of notches there um, from a vocalist standpoint, which I, I've already, I've always seen that from Josh. Like if, if a band works with Josh, the singer always gets better working with him. You know, he pushes these guys and Josh has an amazing ear, not just for melody, but also, you know, a lot of people, I don't think talk enough about, um, yeah, the job of a producer, right? Yeah. You want the band to sound better. You want to make them a better band. You want to make the songs better. You want to help them do things. But a lot of it is, is working on it with an, on an individual level. Like they always say like, you got to be a, a good hang that's what, that's the words they use. Right. Like if you're going to be in the studio, especially like a one-on-one -on -one situation with somebody you don't really know that well, especially with a singer, um, you got to make them feel comfortable. You can't make them feel like, oh man, what is, is he going to say something like it, it's almost like a, um, like a, uh, you know, lay, lay down on the couch, you know, tell me about your mother type stuff. It's, you gotta, you know, you have to make this person feel like they can tell you their deepest, darkest secrets. And so that they can do something in front of you that they might not be comfortable with doing or try something vocally right in front of you that they might never try in front of anybody else so if you can get that out of somebody and make them feel comfortable enough to do that i mean that's what josh i think really did on that record so yeah it's it's a great record the um the beginning starts with the passing which is that mm -hmm. cool melodic intro then it goes right into in your words like you're saying and yeah songs heavy as hell yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just think it's pretty cool, like segue from that pretty cool melodic guitar part, acoustic part to, you know, heavy ass riff, um, drum sick, set to fail. That's probably the biggest song off that album. Yeah, probably. That's, that song is dope. That's a live staple. They always play that song. It's a great song. Yep. Uh, Contractor, that song's heavy as hell. <laughs> Another good song. My favorite song, there's two songs. My two favorite songs in the album is Grace, which is cool. It's got that cool little, like, awesome intro with, um, it's pretty melodic, then it gets super heavy, um, but also Everything to Nothing. Those are the two best songs to me on the album. Everything to Nothing Sick. Uh, the solo, I think, is the best solo on the album. It's just, just real good, um, real heavy album. And uh, I think it's a great follow-up to Sacrament. Sacrament was, you know, it was a huge album. And that was a follow-up to what, Ashes in the Wake. So yeah, um, it just kept getting better and better. So I agree. I, I just think, you know, from a production standpoint, Mix is awesome. And just, it's a really good album from beginning to end. So. Yeah. Um, crap, I was going to say something else about. Uh, crap. I don't know. What is um Megatod said you think Wrath is their best to date? What's your thoughts? Um that's hard, man. You know? Because I remember, you know, personally, like their first their first album. Um I forget <laughs> what the hell was the name of the first one. 
Um, I'm terrible with this stuff now, man. As the Pals Burn, is that the one? Mm-hmm. Like that was obviously the first album I heard from them, you know. And then we saw them at at the um, Loft. Not was it the Loft? No, Cranell Street in Poughkeepsie. Which, if anybody is from, uh, if anybody's been to a show at the Chance in Poughkeepsie, New York, right? Yep. There's the Chance, which is the big Chance Theater with the big stage, the balcony. You know, two. It's it's where you see you know, kind of big kind of big bands. You know. Yep. Um, and then there was, um the loft which they made upstairs and then there was crannell street which was behind the chance didn't have a stage it was like one section of the floor that was smaller and i mean we played there a bunch of times um that's the first time we saw lamb of god was at crannell street and there was you know i mean there was a lot of people packed in that small place can't even call it a club it was literally like a room you know yeah and it's just funny when you see a band at that point in their career, when they're literally like playing a, not even a club, it's a small room. And then literally within a few years, they're, they're pretty goddamn big, you know? Were they burned the priest at that time or were they Lamb of God? No, they, they were already Lamb of God. Yep. Yeah. It's tough to promote a band called Pern the priest. Yeah. And, <laughs> and around that time as well, um, if anybody also is from that from the New Jersey, New York area, um, WSOU, um, Seton Hall Radio, um, obviously they they played the hell out of Lamb of God, but I don't think they they were going to play them if they were called Burn the Priest because they were there's like a, a Catholic school I think is WSOU. Yep. And whenever they'd announce the band, they'd have to say Lamb of G. I remember uh, Doc Coyle's old band, Lamb of God, or um, uh, God Forbid. forbid yeah. They'd have to say G Forbid. So around that time period, man, like WSOU was huge for promoting bands mm-hmm. and playing and playing their stuff. So um, again, yeah, sometimes you got to do, you know, I guess sell out for, and I'm sure there's more reasons, you know, again, yeah. How are you going to market a band called Burn the Priest? You can't. Yeah. So Lamb of God was a, a great choice. It's always opinion. I always think of that. Um, you ever see PCU? <laughs> movie from the mid nineties. Like, what should we name our, our band? He's like, My Johnson is twelve <laughs> inches long. <laughs> great name. Yep. Uh, tough to market. Yep. That's yep. great. Um, one quick thing about um, about Wrath is when Josh was mixing the fo- their follow up record, mm-hmm. which was called what. Um, Des- Desolation. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. So when he was mixing that record, um, he told me, he's like, no, dude. Resolution, sorry. Resolution, okay. He's like, dude, he's like, because I always told him, I said, Wrath, is, Wrath just sounds so amazing. So he was already like looking back and like, okay, does it sound as good as, as Wrath? You know, like A being the mix is already, bef- like while he was starting, their follow-up and um sometimes that can get you in trouble you know because no you can import every single setting every single plug-in use whatever and it's very hard to make two records especially if you're having a band play this stuff obviously if you're using you know fake drums and um you know uh, a kemper with already the profiles and all this stuff you know you can kind of get it sound the same but 
you know, when you're miking a cab, miking a drum kit, having people play the stuff, um, it's very difficult to get two records to sound exactly the same. And who wants two records to sound exactly the same? You know? Unless it's the first Corn album. Yes. There you go. Um, so sometimes that can get you in trouble too, looking back and like, oh, well, you know, you're A being like, oh my God, the kick drum on this album has a little more, you know, you know, a little more whatever sub to it than this one. Oh, you know, but then again, any engineer will tell you, you know, you make one change, one EQ change of one instrument. I mean, it affects everything. You know, yeah. there's only so much room in the stereo spectrum of like, you know, with frequencies and all that stuff. Like you have to watch out. You have to be careful of things you adjust. Like I said, if you, you know, do something to one instrument, there's other instruments that are occupying that same frequency. Yep. And next thing you know, they're going to be fighting each other. So there you go. Yeah, Polly Walnuts uh, from New York City, I believe. But um, WSOU, because <clears throat> he was talking about that, is, is the is the she is. Mm-hmm. Um, WSOU promoted you guys heavily last year. And then, and then something happened. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, we got blacklisted. Somebody made a phone call. Mm-hmm. Somebody made a phone call, and all of a sudden, is Machi? Who were they? Yeah. I don't know. Every all, all the feedback that we had was fantastic. I, I don't know. I don't it, know either. Just weird. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it was it was great, man. Whenever we drive to a show at like the Starlin Ballroom or the Birch Hill, the second we'd get to like was it was it the uh, not the Palisades the um, was it the Thruway going into Jersey? Yeah. The set like all of a sudden we put on SOU and like the this. The, the signal would start getting clearer and clearer. It's like, hell yeah, we got SOU now. Uh, yeah, it was cool. Yep. Yeah. Those were the days, man. We didn't have the internet to ruin everything. Remember back in the day, too, in uh, New York City, 92.3 K-Rock? 93? Was it 90, 92.3 or 9? Yeah. Yeah, because the 92.7 was um, 96.9 WRRV. Oh, God. <laughs> it's terrible. What was the Boris? I hate that guy. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't like him either. You sure it wasn't 93.3? It was 92.3. Oh, Z-Rock. Right? Yeah, K-Rock. I'm thinking, oh, 93.3 was Z-Rock. Then that's why I'm thinking Z-Rock. That was the station like in the early 90s with Sharkman in the morning. You remember Shark that? Man? Yeah, Sharkman. No. He was the, the radio uh, personality guy, the DJ. And um, he was kind of a, a jerk to callers, you know, sometimes like, but he was mm-hmm. funny as hell. So it was cool. It was K-Rock and then Z-Rock. 93.3, I'm pretty sure it was Z-Rock. But all of a sudden, dude, I turned it on one day and it was country music. Yeah. Just a format change overnight. <laughs> overnight. I was like, what? <laughs> you know? And I just didn't understand it. You know, and Paul, our buddy Paul, Neander Paul. He can explain more than it because he's been a part of something like that. You know, he's worked at a radio station being a DJ and all of a sudden they'll have a meeting. All right. Uh, we're switching change of formats to blah, blah, blah. And, you know, being a rock fan, like if you're a DJ and you're a, like a hard rock metal guy, it would be very hard for me to stick with a, a station that turns to like pop, pop or country 
or rap or something. Like, I, I don't know if I'd be able to do it, you know? No, definitely not. So. No, that, that's going to be tough. Yeah. When I first moved to Connecticut, there was this awesome station out here. It was called WCCC. WCCC. WC cubed. Um, <laughs> it was awesome. I remember I just turning it on and they would play, you know, deep cuts, you know, no radio station would play deep cuts. It would always be the singles and yeah. not these guys. I'm, I'll never forget. They played twist into Chi. I've never once ever heard that on the radio. I almost lost it. It was fantastic. <laughs> I was like, this is the best radio station ever. I know. But dude, Paul explains why, you know, those classic rock radio stations, they play the same songs every day. Mm-hmm. Because the average listener, those are the songs that they know. And, you know, if you all of a sudden pull out the deep cuts yeah. from a Pink Floyd record or, or uh, Van Halen even, or AC, you know, all these, if they, people are going to change the channel. Yeah. And it, we're guilty of it too, right? If you're in a car with like without, you know, your phone connected or something and you have to listen to the radio, if you're flipping around, you're usually going to stay on a song that you know. You're not going to like, oh, what's that? You know, that's for like your own mixing, like, or, you know, your own, uh, like if you're on your own Spotify, like, let me, let me, let me search out some new music, you know, when you're like hanging out late at night or something. But when you're in the car, you want to hear songs that, you know, if you're on, if you're, if you're surfing the radio mm-hmm. and I didn't want to admit that. And I was like, shit, Paul's right, man. You know, that's why there's a million classic rock radio stations that basically have the same, uh, not playlist. What's it called? Um, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Basically, the playlist in essence, mm-hmm. but it's true. Um, but I, you know, like the bands that I like, and I know for you, if I'm listening to, I don't know, Follow the Leader from Corn, mm-hmm. Freak and Leash, and Got the Life, come on, I skip those songs. I've heard that so many times. Like, now nah, I'm good. <clears throat> you know, so when, I know when you listen to, um, you know, some of your favorite bands like Orgy, like you probably skip <laughs> Monday and, um, you know, a few songs like that. <laughs> All right. I'll give you a perfect example. Mm-hmm. If I'm listening to 1984 by Van Halen mm-hmm. and Jump, when Jump comes on, I skip it 100 times out of 100. If I'm in the car and the radio is playing and I'm, sur- I'm switching around or something and Jump comes on, I leave it. Really? Yes. Format. There you go, Sean. Mahoney. There you go, Sean Mahoney. Thank you. <laughs> So it's, it's just, it is what it is, man. You know, and I'm a music fan. Like, you know, I listen to music to listen to music, to dissect it and analyze it and all this stuff. Whereas, you know, you just got, you know, the average listener who's not a music fan per se, like I said, they need to hear songs that they know. Right. I know when I when I hear jump, I, I'm not a fan of that song at all. I, I just I get so tired of the synth real fast. So I'm like, goodbye. It is a great, it is a great like in the grand scheme of things, there's no <laughs> way that that keyboard part wasn't gonna be a hit song. You know what I mean? It's just it's perfect. But I know what you mean. Like when you hear it now, it's just like, oh my god, I've heard it five million times, you know. And I'm like, oh god. <laughs> but it, but it, it can I break in? No, uh, yeah, go ahead. It's John. the Van Halen talk. I got to break in. Um, <laughs> where, where you been? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, 
I'll listen to it on like if it's on my iPod, I'll, like the regular album. But I have all like the instrumental tracks, so I have just the synth, just the drums, just the vocal, just the guitar, you know, all that stuff. And I I listen to that stuff more. Like I listen to it instrumentally a bunch, yeah. actually. That particular tune. Hey, Polly Walnuts. Did you say hi to him before, Johnny? I did. Well, he texted me saying that his 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 Wi-Fi was out. Yeah, Johnny, come back in five minutes and say hi to Paulie Walnuts again. (laughs) (laughs) The guy ditches you. The guy ditches you. Paulie Walnuts. I'm just busted balls. I don't know if Paulie Walnuts heard, but uh, Paulie, thank you again for uh, all the Jim Root stuff that you sent to me. Can you can you want to show any of it real quick? Well, not allowed to. He was wearing it. I was wearing it. The one thing, yeah, the one thing. But, but um, no, next show, I have to put it throughout my office, and then uh, I'll show everyone. Or in your Give a little tour. Tour. I hate when people say tour. Tour. It's tour. Yeah. It's on my nerves. On going on tour. Tour. Oh, yeah? Are you? Yeah. <laughs> well, real quick, speaking of sending things, um, it's a shame that it's not Metal Thursday, because if it was... Boner Jams would have an awesome unboxing. Yeah. But he's getting a package, a pretty big one tomorrow. Brian, Boner Jams likes big packages. You know me. Yeah. Um, I mean, we might as well, we can go ahead and say what it is, right? I mean, it's not like it's a big surprise. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. You can tell him. Well, you're getting it. I don't want to talk about myself. I don't want to be that guy that's always talking about myself. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Brian got um the quad cortex from neural dsp what like two months ago three months ago two months ago two months ago and at the same time he ordered a um was it a line six line six fr fr cab it's like a flat response cab it's basically made for you know or a quad cortex yep type of type of thing um so it's a powered stereo cabinet um, so now Brian can just hook two XLR cables out from his quad cortex into that stereo powered cabinet. And this isn't like 2000 Watts or some shit, right? It's like loud as hell. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm excited for him to get it. It sucks because he gets the cabinet tomorrow, but the XLR cables aren't coming until Friday, Friday. Yeah. So. It's all good, but I'll, I'll play this weekend. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm I'm sad to uh, part with the crate. Are you donating it or giving it to somebody that doesn't have an amp? I am. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna donate it to. Um, I don't want to charge anyone for it. I just think it'd be cool to give back. And um, it's this uh, amp, and <clears throat> it's it's treated me really well throughout the years. But it's it's time to it's time to move on. Oh yeah. Yeah. So no, I'm pretty pumped. And I was telling you, I I haven't really played guitar much lately. The uh, the only bad thing about this quad cortex is that you can just noodle forever. And I don't have a lot of time. So I'll come in here and I'm like, I'm going to play some, I don't know, I'm going to work on some Meshuggah stuff or some corn or whatever. And I'm trying to look for that tone. Or um, I was playing Gojira and I'm looking for that just low end, panty dropper and 
all of a sudden it's an hour and I'm like, I haven't played a note. All I'm just doing is let me tune, uh, adjust the treble here, yep. the bass here, and then I'm going to move the bass to the front. Like you can, it is so, it's actually too good. And I'm not that smart and I'm, uh, it's tough. <laughs> it's, it's cool, but it's also like, if you just gave me like, here's your tone, go at it. I'm like, okay. But if I can keep playing with it, it's, um, it's awesome. I just need to, I need to relax a little bit and just find a tone and go with it. Well, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, maybe it'd be smart to like make, again, I don't have one, so I don't really know, but I get the whole gist of it, but maybe pick out, you know, a handful of tones or presets or whatever the hell, um, or patches that you like, and then make one, you know, performance thing of like okay this is you know how many how many uh how many how many how many how many how many how many pedals or how many things like options do you have to pick from can you hold it up on, on the camera real quick you want to turn it on for you we don't have to turn it on but i mean just hold it up pull it out whip it out all right oh i gotta i'm just getting so here's the tuner all right, so you got A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H. So are all those – so basically you're going to have like eight presets right there, and then obviously if you scroll up, you get another eight or whatever. Yeah, but there's – so this is just like let you, let's say if you want to have as your, you know, your eight main, but yeah. let's say if I hit my H, then it brings me to a whole new category where I have eight more saves. Yep. It's – it's but insane. then also, I'm going to cut you off, but I'll hold it up again. No. Don't show me. I'm stupid right now. So can't you also program some of those stomp, uh, some of those switches to be like stomp boxes or delay or reverb, right? Yeah. So basically you can have like, say A is your main rhythm tone. Right. You can have one of the ones below it or whatever be like a stomp box with a reverb and a delay. Like basically you can go from like, um, different, you know, adding different things onto your main tone instead of just changing a patch completely, right? Correct. Yeah, see, stuff like that is awesome. So what I think you should do, if you really want to start working on like, hey, if I'm coming in this room to work on something, because our our um, our friend Rob Balducci, Johnny, guitar player extraordinaire, said that 20 minutes of actual guitar practice working on something is more beneficial than two hours of noodling. That's mm -hmm. all I've been doing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh yeah, because it works your brain. If yeah, you have I mean, to, if you're thinking, if you're having to even just thinking for, if if you're like trying to figure out a lick for like five minutes and you're really having to think about it, mm -hmm. yeah, that's more beneficial than just. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, but but it is hard. I I'm, I know what Brian's saying about like when you have all these tones at your, at, at your fingertips. <laughs> It's hard not to just, oh, what is, what about this one? What is this one? What is this one? What does this button do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you so can get really awesome acoustic tones with this as well. Yeah, of course. It's, you know, this thing is the coolest thing ever, but you really have to devote the time to learn it. So what I'm saying is you should really, if you want to just say, hey, I want to, you know, work on whatever. Mm -hmm. um, what I think you should do is really just pick out a handful or whatever of sounds that you know and like you're like I like this I like to play 
and this is my my lead tone or this is my clean the, my favorite clean tone or rhythm rhythm whatever pick those and just say hey these are the these are on the pedal right and i'm going to work on you know just get in your mind of what you're going to work on but sure. i know what you mean it's very hard to you know if you just have one amp and a couple pedals mm -hmm. everything's right in front of you you know it and you're going to probably pay more attention to just playing yeah but when you have just a, a plethora <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Here we go. Are you guys taking calls? We are now. You know, I don't have a phone. Hello? Okay. I had to plug it in, so. Hello? Let's see. Let's see who this is. Is it Curtsy? Hello, you're on the air with Metal Wednesday. Hey, Johnny. Um, it might be hey. Kurt with a C or Elton John. Hey, Kurt, Elton. Probably Kurt with a C. Yeah. Curtsy. Um, I got, I got a question for you. Actually, all three of you. I have a question for Curtsy. Can you turn have down your... Any of you guys played through the, the MXR 5150 EVH thing? That, that stomp, that stomp pedal. The overdrive. Cause I'm, yeah, I'm tempted to buy it, and I'm just trying to get as much, as many opinions on it as I can, because it's not cheap. But I'm just, just curious. Who should answer? So I've I'll, used. I'll I have one. Do you have oh, one? Do you like it? Oh yeah, I love it. I love it. And actually, I've done a whole bunch of videos with it. Now I'll uh, there'll be cards on playback. Drop downs. Okay. What amp so, is he using? Yeah. What, what, what yeah. amp? What, what amp do you have? Oh, I've got a few. I got a Marshall. I've got a uh, a couple of Fenders. I can go clean. It just. Uh, it's like I'm tempted to get it. It's, it's 200 clams, but it's like uh, I think I'm gonna get it. Yes. If you don't have an EVH amp. Should and I you want yes you want that tone tone get to, that. Okay. yeah it's basically it's it's the EVH uh, uh, rhythm channel in a in a box is what it gotcha. is it's the blue channel yeah yeah if gotcha. you if you have a great amp a great uh, yep. as Laz likes to say you know pedal platform whatever that means <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> if, if that's what isn't but yeah anyway. yeah. Yeah, yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah, check one out. Check one out. Tell them, and tell them to call Sweetwater. I think I will. Call Sweetwater. Because it's like, yep. Call Jeff Law at Sweetwater. Call. Because it's like, it. You, you, you know how it is. We we chase certain tones and stuff, and it's like, oh, and then I saw that, and I see these videos with different cats playing, and it's like, okay, it looks killer, but. Uh, yes. But I think I'm gonna because cool. that versus that amp is like you know a thousand dollars different. So. Mm hmm. Tell me to call mm -hmm. Sweetwater. Yeah, Jeff call Law. Sweetwater. Yeah. Ask who, who she asked Don. for. Jeff Law. Jeff you know, Law. Seconds. And tell them. Okay, my cat is Sweetwater. Water is Colton. Whatever. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh, you have but, a guy there. Okay. They'll give you a discount. I yeah. I got it. I got it, dude. <laughs> Is that Michael Vick over there? Doesn't not that I give a shit about who who gets the no, extra nine dollars because I 
bought from him, but anyway. No, but don't pay full price, that's all. Okay. Well, well I'm glad you said that, Johnny. I'll get off here, but yeah. I'll, Why? You guys are all good. <laughs> you're, you're all guitar players, so I, I take your, you know, there's, I, I put some weight in what you guys have to say, so. Thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, they're definitely, they're awesome, man. Get one, you'll think it's Kill amazing. It. And uh, and call us back after you get it and let us know what you think. I'll I'll have one within probably a week or two, so I will. Right on. Okay, Johnny. Right on. Have a great show, and your shows are your shows are kick ass. Don't stop. Thank. You. Well, this was going to be the last show ever, but I'll keep going. <laughs> <laughs> because I have. Okay. Yes. Just because you said that. See, see you, man. All right. Exactly. All right. Okay. Bye bye. Uh, a few things right. oh, I like right. to comment on that. Um, well, first oh, okay. with, the, with the um, <laughs> with the quad cortex, you can get every fifty one fifty amp sound that you want. Every Fender, every Marshall, like it's that's the problem. <laughs> I know. You can do whatever you want, and you can then once you get the like, let's say a certain you know. 5150 stack or, or whatever sound you want, then you're like, wait, I think this needs a little more trouble than you're playing with it. And all of a sudden an hour goes by and you're like, I did not play at all, except I hit like the E, which is not my B string. And that's oh. all I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. So well, you're going to love it now when we get that cabinet. So you're going to be able to you yeah. know, move some air in, in, the, in your room. Cause right now, yeah. like I was saying to you before, it's not in stereo, it's monoline. So it sounds kind of a little muffled. Yeah. Like, I know what it sounds like and it's fine, but it just doesn't have the, the, te the testosterone that I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pumped. I'm pumped. Yeah. Cool. What were we talking about? Um, yeah. The quad cortex. Quad cortex. So, yeah. So this weekend, Brian will be all fired up. Hell yeah. It's going to be great. Did you want to, uh, it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are? Do you want to do a, a roll call of our oh, children yeah. in the chat? Well, we children about, of the chat? We had about 12 more people in here about five minutes ago. <laughs> well, the other channel just has 12 people right now. So. Oh, Johnny. Oh, my gosh. Boy, Walnuts, Octopus, Ears, Nightbot, Music Therapy Labs, Mike Olson, Mega Todd, Mary Bo Hey, hi, Brian's mom. Leo Safko, KXM Rock, Johnny Bean. Gary Bucknoff, Boner Jam, 7 over 8, even though I haven't commented in a while. I'll comment here. All right. Um, everybody else that's watching, how you doing? This is Metal Wednesday, in case you haven't noticed yet. The heaviest day of the month. I like that, Brian. Yeah, thank you. Yep. That's what I do here. I like it. I like it. Hey, All Mom. Right. All right. Um... I, th I think we'll go with the quad cortex. Um, also tomorrow, the one thing, another reason why actually before we were talking about Wrath is tomorrow Lamb of God will be premiering a new song. Did you, uh, did you reach out to Wilbur? I told you I did not. So I figure what we can do is when we find out, <laughs> when we find that face, I want to, I want a, a meme of that face. <laughs> When we find out, um, <laughs> we find out when the album's coming out. 
I'll reach out to Josh and say, hey, you know, when this when the new Lamb record comes out, why don't you, uh, you know, come on here and bring bring one of the uh, yeah, the I can I can ask him to bring one one of the boys. Hell yeah, you know? JJ House of Jams, love JJ. Yeah, love JJ's you. a cool dude. Him JJ and I, uh, him and I share our love of uh, Ibanez guitars. JJ, you've seen this, right? He probably has one or two of these. The 770DX. The Dicks. The 770 Dicks. <laughs> <laughs> this is the reissue, the 2008 reissue. It's um, tuned to E. Yes, it is. Just like every other guitar Jay has? Yep. Well, no. The, the Frankie's tuned a half step down. Of course. I mean, that guitar has to be tuned a half step down. Right, Johnny? That's right. That's Don't right. even answer him, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, listen, I have seven string guitars. I mean, you know, those are tuned down, well, standard in their sense, but, you know. Every guitar that is over in this region is tuned completely differently. I bet the Paul Gilbert, the PGM is standard E, right? Yes. The Blue Ibanez, what's that? Um, I would say that's standard D. Wrong. That is drop C. Drop C, okay. Then my two Jim Roots. B. Drop B. Then I have the, the um, Jim Root Strat. It's drop A. Uh-huh. My Universe, which you tuned for me, is what? That should be standard B through E. Correct. Then I have my Steph Carpenter, the purple. Uh, like limbo, I can't get to it. But anyway. Blub. It's blub. <laughs> and you're going to be getting a strap for that. That, that should be there tomorrow. I'm pumped. That strap is going to be dope. It's only been six months, I think, since uh, that order was placed for the goddamn thing. It's true. Yeah. So that's tuned to A. And then I have another Ibanez that was, it's not, it's like drop F. I was playing a, a one song that it's just like a half step lower than drop A. It's um, one of the guitars from Seven Dust. Song is sick. Dark New Day. It's called Brother. Check it out. Good song. So it's actually lower than A. So every single guitar that I have that's here is too different. Too well, except my two jazz masters. You know, I'm the anti Jay Hannon. I was I was thinking, um, if if I if I ever get, um, I want one of um, Adam from Fu Tone. I want one of his uh, Fu Pro guitars. Mm -hmm. And. I think they're gonna they're coming in soon, but who knows? But uh, I was thinking if I end up getting one of those eventually, maybe I'll do because it has a D tuna on it. So I was thinking I can do it standard D, right? Like D standard tuning, yeah. And then have the option to drop it down to drop. What would it be? Drop C then, right? Yep. Yeah. So I'm thinking maybe do something like that with that guitar if I ever if I ever ever, ever get it. Why would you for that guitar? Because of the pickups, or what in that guitar? Would no, just just because you know. I mean, like you always say, like, dude, every one of your guitar. I mean, I have the gem is back there on on the. I almost said on the bidet on the uh, couch. That's E. Mm -hmm. The blue one is E. The Larry Mitchell swirled Ibanez. Is That's e. e. That's an E. <laughs> the seven string yellow one is standard B through E. Um, my two other universe guitars are 
tuned BTE, standard tuning. Um, my Satriani downstairs, the orange one, is standard E. <laughs> so, and also, um, you probably, I think you know this, like Jimmy and I want to start working on maybe a, um, like some sort of thrash metal slash polyrhythm type um, music. Uh, so, yeah. And that'll be standard tuning as well. Well, it'll be both. It'll be standard and also maybe D slash drop C. Okay. So maybe throw like a plethora. I'm using plethora twice tonight. Look you at are. that. You're yeah. Your um, vocabulary, your your frivolity with your I have words. A terrible vocabulary, crazy. man. If I can't swear all the time, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's great. Kurt. Kurt with the <laughs> Kurt. Love Kurt. Oh, that's too funny. Boy. So um yeah, so I think uh if if I ever get one of those um FU Pro guitars, I think I think I'm gonna do that. Tune it down. Yeah. Good. Cameron Brown is messaging me now. Welcome to the uh the drop party. It's great. <laughs> get me on for oh he wants to play solo. Dude, yeah. I'm gonna have well, I, I, I mean it'll probably be cool, but you know, Cameron, if if we have end up doing some music, right? Mm -hmm. I'll have my leads and solos on there. And any of the stuff that Cameron plays on, my shit's gonna be crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn Jay, that solo in whatever song is awesome. Like, no, that was Cameron played that one. <laughs> oh, but the solo in that other song, that was Cameron too. Oh, the other solos are cool, you know. <laughs> one of those. <laughs> Now Cameron Cameron's awesome, man. I would I would be uh more than honored to um have him on there. Well if you um, allow me to play with you, you definitely allow uh, Cam uh Cameron. So <laughs> what is your Frankie in? Wayno wants to know. That's just half step down. And then obviously I got the D tuna as well, so it'll uh talking to Jay about his guitar tuning, it's like going to the dollar store and asking how much does this cost? <laughs> how much What's that one tune? E. What about this one? E. This one over here? Standard E. Yep. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. But no, it's cool. I, I love busting Jay's balls about it. Mike Olson says he loves ESP guitars. Um, funny you say that because my next seven string, which might happen who knows how many years down the road, um, I would like to get a USA custom shop seven string M2. ESP um, that is uh, on my eventually down the road list of um, guitars. So yeah. Yeah. This guitar is awesome. Look at that thing, man. Blah. What's the actual color it's called? Purple, the Minnesota, no, not Minnesota Vikings. That's too. Uh, no, hell no. Purple people eater. Yeah. Um, your purple majesty. I don't know. Uh, purple, purple headed warrior. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike Olson. Johnny says, thank you. Thank you, Mike Olson. That guitar looks great, man. It's awesome. <laughs> no, it looks great. 
<laughs> no, this guitar is awesome. The the neck is really nice. Jay, you would actually you would really like this. The only thing I don't think you'll like is this. Yeah, that guitar that that middle or the front pickup is right in my wheelhouse, man. Right. <clears throat> Cuz normally like I always go back, you know, I'm all back here and then yeah. but then you just move up a tad and you're fine. It takes so a how few does, minutes. So how does uh Steph, where does where's his pick when he does he have like a weird angle? You know, is he like a Marty Friedman guy where his like arm is like this? You know, where his pick is like more up front? Yeah. Yeah, he's up yeah. here. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. So if I had a custom guitar, which I don't, this Fishman would be up here, and then I would just have yeah. a valley that I can play mm -hmm. with. But it's cool. Um, I really like this guitar a lot. The, the tone's awesome. Um, I have nothing bad to say about this guitar except that, which just takes getting a little used to. But it's it's a great guitar. It feels great. The neck's awesome. It's it's good. And Action's always, great. If, if it really bothered you that much, you could always lower the pickup a little bit, you know? Did that thing come yeah. set up like that, or you brought it to... No. But I, I I changed it. I played with the tuning because it came standard. But um, yeah, so I just dropped it to A. It's great. Huh. And the neck is um, matte finish as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely a, a cool, you know, a cool guitar. And I love the ESP reverse pointed headstock. Yeah, like that's that's the one I would get. On a, like if I ever get a custom seven, I would get the reverse pointed headstock. It's 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 the coolest. The um you know my other Ibanez seven string, which has been at Guitar Center for a while, and I have to go pick up. That's the uh, reverse headstock as well, but that has the new uh, Dolph Lundgren's in it, which I'm pumped to play. Yeah, so pumped that it's been there for. Well, then no, they didn't. They botched it. That's right. They screwed it up. They did. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> What's his name? Grimace. Gr it's a Grimace guitar. Dude, it's the same color as his. <laughs> Look at that. Oh, my God. Dude, it's the exact same color. It's great. It's great. You got to be Grimace for uh, this, this year's Halloween show. You gotta just paint yourself purple and hold that guitar. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Oh, jo Brian's like, all right, I'm selling it. Fuck it. <laughs> Grimace hanging on the wall back there. What? Um. The next next thing I wanted to go over. I want to get everyone's opinion. Did you see what I put on the? Um, the shared app, the shared folder, the shared notes. Yeah. I finally looked at it tonight. About um, the Sirius XM Turbo thing? I don't know what the hell you're talking about. What is that? Okay. So on um, Channel 41, Sirius XM Turbo, it's like the songs of the 90s and 2000s. So it's a lot of the stuff that I grew up on. A lot of corn, a lot of Mudvayne. Your boys in Taproot, Deftones, um, a lot of stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Lincoln Park, unfortunately. Um, you know, there's there's some stuff, there's some cool stuff on there. So anyway, there's like a listener takeover. 
remember a few years ago, I was able to do that for liquid metal. Yeah. So I'm able to do that again for turbo. So you have to pick four songs and I wanted to do deep cuts. I don't want to play the same crap you hear all the time. So I wanted to get everyone's opinion on what I should pick because tomorrow I'm recording it. Hmm. So, so you're talking, can it be like heavy, heavy stuff? Well, or not? I'll, I'll give you a couple that I have in mind. I was going to do, um, of course, I'm going to do a Slipknot song. So off of volume three, I was going to pick one of the uh, bonus tracks called Scream, which should have been on the album. The song is amazing. I was going to pick that. Um, there, there was a lot of, um, let's see. Because we were recording the imbuing when after volume three was released right with when we were obviously in the studio with clown doing that record mm -hmm. so we heard a bunch of the uh, tracks that didn't make the album at that time and i remember there was one song that <laughs> what's the last song on the actual record i don't mean to cut you off but now you got me remembering something um danger keep away yes the I don't know if they ever released it. They did the full version. Okay, because I heard that and I was like, Sean, why why didn't you put the whole thing on there? You know, like this is awesome. Like yeah. you know, but there's always different things, and I know there was other songs as well. But you know, internal things in the band of like this guy wrote this song, this guy wrote this song, I wrote that song. So a lot of that stuff kind of maybe got in the way of why certain songs weren't on the and he. You can't make an album two hours long, you know, you're, unless you're releasing a double album, which is stupid. Um, you're just shooting yourself in the foot if you release a double album, in my opinion. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah. So I was going to pick Scream off Volume 3, Internal Primates Forever by Mudvayne off LD50, because that is the best Mudvayne album, hands down. Um, and then um, my favorite Deftone song of all time, Korea off of white pony which one is that it's track nine off white pony but you don't listen to white pony, so you wouldn't even know i've i've listened to it um there's obviously the song that he does with maynard which is awesome it's the song after that it's the heaviest song on the album okay i'll have to go back and listen and then um then my one of my what band we're going to talk about later Taproot. I was going to do myself, which is my favorite song from them. And it's rare for me to have a favorite song from a band. You know, Slipknot, I don't have a favorite song. Um, Taproot, I do. Deftones, I do. But um, so myself by Taproot, which is the shit. So. Hmm. so I wanted to get everyone's opinion. What do you think I should do? And uh, as tomorrow, I'm recording it. So I want to have it locked in. Lock it in. Lock it in. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's. That's tough. You know? But you hate that era of music, so you would never listen to that channel. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would not. I'm going to uh, reference you when I do it. <laughs> like this song goes out to my boy Jay. He's not listening right now. <laughs> hates this channel. Hates this. Hates you. <laughs> so. so in the chat, if you guys have any ideas or... Um, yeah, any... Any ideas, any um, opinions, please let me know. And you don't have to tell me now. You can tell me later. So Yeah. 
message um, message boner jams on tinder yes hit me up on farmers only <laughs> farmers only <laughs> so all right um next thing you want to get into jay yeah i actually thought about this and um i thought of a few uh a few a few bands so go ahead let's 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 describe let's explain this one so everyone in the chat, also, if you want to join in on uh, on this little topic here, um, Jay and I are going to go over, the for me, the top five bands that I would want to get back together, like a reunion, if I may. So um, and, it, so and it's on. whatever you want to be in regards to a reunion. You'll, you'll understand when I get to some of my bands. Go ahead, well, man. let's, let's kind of, because I asked you that, that question too. I'm like, are you talking about bands that are broken up? Mm-hmm. Or bands that maybe are still together, but you know, maybe a few of the original members aren't with them anymore. You know, we're not. I don't. I don't want to talk about like a if a band had a member that passed away. Like, oh, I'd love to see that because that that's it's number one. It's impossible. Sure. And number two, I think it's kind of weird. You know what I mean? So, but if you're talking about that band maybe performing with somebody else, I guess that's okay. Because you know, one of the bands I'm going to say. Yeah, I know, and I disagreed with it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so if you want, go ahead. You pick. You pick. A song. All right, I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, now, not all of mine are metal. Actually, there might not be a lot of them that are metal. But the one that's closest to metal, I would say, would be Dream Theater. And I'm not just talking about Mike Portnoy. Now, listen, Mike Mangini. I like as a drummer way more than I like Mike Portnoy as a drummer. All right. I think the first few dream theater records, Mike Portnoy was very innovative and he did a lot of cool things. Um, But as dream theaters career went on, I think he got a little boring and kind of stuck in, in not want to stay stuck in a rut, but he kind of just stayed with the same formula of like drum fills and parts and, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd like to see Kevin Moore, their original keyboard player, back in Dream Theater, as well as as Mike Portnoy. Um, I think a lot of the um, cool keyboard landscape stuff, mysterious keyboard parts, um, and he was a, a big contributor to songwriting as well. I think him, he and Petrucci worked very well together. They were like super close friends back then. Um, and, you know, again, Jordan Rudis is by far a better, you know, keyboard player, pianist, whatever you want to call that. But again, it's about chemistry in a Keys. band, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like Kevin Moore in Dream Theater is way better than Jordan Rudis in Dream Theater. And I feel like Mike Portnoy in dream theater is better than um, Mike uh, Mangini in dream theater. Even though, again, if I was starting a band and I had to choose between Portnoy and and Mangini, I'm picking Mangini every day, you know, Mm -hmm. but I feel like ever since Portnoy left, um, Petrucci is kind of like running the show as far as like, like, I don't know if Mangini is actually really, I don't want to say allowed, but you know, I don't know if he's has the ability to really just play what he wants to play and and 
and that type of thing. And I think the music suffers. It's like you have a for you have a, a Lamborghini for a drummer, and they drive him like like he's a a Ford Festiva. You know what I mean? A Ford Fiesta. Yeah, Ford Fiesta or Festiva, whatever you. I know. And I know he does some cool stuff. He has some cool rhythm patterns on the new album. But still, it's just something about it. Just it feels uh, very um, sterile, you know. So that's my opinion. So that's my first band. Go ahead. Cool. All right, my first pick is the Dillinger Escape Plan. They um, they disbanded five years ago now. Um, their last album came out in 2016, which is awesome, by the way. Um, they toured and they were done. And I know uh, Ben uh, Weinman, he's in Suicidal Tendencies now. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So he's writing with them. Uh, Greg Pucciato is putting out solo music and also he's in Killer Be Killed. So um, I think they will. Like they ended on, they are amicable, right? So I, I think they'll definitely. Yeah, they didn't have like a huge falling out or anything. No, they're just like, we're kind of done, you know? Yeah. And uh, I, I can definitely see them probably within a few years get back together. So, but I'm, I'm a big Dillinger escape plan. My only thing is I can't listen to Dillinger all the time though. Like sometimes it's just like all over the place and weird, like, you know, the weird chords and stuff that they play all these weird noises. And I'm like, I'm not into that at 9am. I'm not, <laughs> <laughs> but I love the band. They're really creative and innovative. So that is my first choice that I would well, love to come back. Are, you're talking now, the Dillinger that I liked was with uh, Chris Penny on drums. And I, th I think he left to play for, who's the comic book band with the the dude singer that sounds like a chick? The Darkness? No. It's like a, there's a comic book band. It's named, it's like named a comic book or something. It's a boy and a girl, right? Huge band. They have a, a, a singer that sounds like a chick. Somebody will say it in the chat. I'm just waiting for it to come. The Mars Volta? Mars Volta. No, is it Mars Volta? No, it's not Mars Volta. At the drive-in? No. Come on, somebody's got to know this. I have no we idea. Have four, we have 41,000 people watching. Someone's got to know it. Come on. Come on, come on. Anyway. Come on. He's an amazing drummer. Mm-hmm amazing mm -hmm. um and i would like to if they got back together i don't even know what band he's in now some comic book band no no i don't think he i don't think he's with him anymore i was thinking of uh that ned flanders band that the whole band dresses like ned flanders you see that genie the comic book band that you that you like like there's a comic book that has like a boy and a girl's name um you listen to them Chris Penny, the old drummer from Dillinger Escape Plan, was played with them for a while. She'll know it. All right. Well, as um, <laughs> one of the many people that's in the chat looking it up, yeah. my next band that I'm picking is Rage Against the Machine. Yes, they are getting back together to play shows, but I want to hear another full-length studio album of original songs from Rage. That's what I want. It's cool. Like every, you know, several years they'll get back together and they're playing all the same stuff, but they haven't released anything new since 1999. Damn. 99. 
and uh, you know then they came out with the oh he cambria thank you oh uh, yeah yeah i wasn't i'm never i'm not a fan of that band anyway go ahead no um so yeah they came out with the covers album but raising against the machine raised against the machine i can't even talk i'm slurring over here um stroking out people anyway the they only have three albums so getting to one of my biggest things is having a career like yeah, the first Rage Against the Machine album is awesome. Definitely yeah. one of the best albums of the 90s. One of the best hard rock metal albums to me of all time. It's fantastic, it's, right? It's great. Evil Empire is a really cool album. It's not as good as the first album because of the lack of solos. And and, I, and I've said this before. It's, like, it's, I, it's more, it's more, it leans a lot more to hip hop stuff than it, than it, the metal, you know? Yeah. And there's some awesome songs off. No, don't get me wrong. Like I do, I love Evil Empire. I do, but it's not as good as the first album. Even and though then, Bulls on Parade, that song, that song is the shit. Yeah, it's a fantastic song. Yep. Like Tire Me, that song is the shit. It's so much, so much fun to play as well. Um, I love Tom Morello as a guitarist. I just don't, you know, I understand that he likes doing those, making the weird noises, and he's proud of like no samples, no DJ. I get it, but it's like you're not really playing the guitar. You're just kind of scratching and making weird noises, which is cool, but let's not have a full song of that. Anyway. So you're basically, you're saying it's almost like on the first record, that stuff is kind of like sprinkled in, which makes it like, Oh hell yeah. Yeah. But when you kind of like lean on that for the majority of, of the playing, yeah. it's kind of like, all right. It's, right. it's almost like if a guitar player writes a solo and there's one, real slick fast lick in there and you're like oh but if a whole solo was just sweep after sweep after sweep it's like oh god so that's kind of like you're comparing it to that right yeah you got it and um battle for los angeles another really cool album but right i love the first album with uh you picking a pimple i'm still listening something's bleeding on my face i'll be right back all right so what i was saying is battle of los angeles great album but i love the first album with the dope ass solos like really riff oriented and then sprinkle in that weird re weird stuff that you want to do with the effects with the pedals and scratching on the uh the strings and whatever and just playing with the toggle switch so the kill switch it's cool but let's focus more on chords and solos and leads and things like that riff. that's just me so love raising this machine i have nothing i wouldn't say bad to say but I want another full-length album. Hard rock and metal, metally. Yeah, but again, dude. I mean, that, what that album came out in '92. '92, thirty yeah. years ago. You know what's you know what's crazy about that album? I always mention Corn and like um, that made me want to play heavier stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Dude, when that first Rage Against the Machine album came out. I was like, oh my God, like we started playing those songs in the early um, days of Gizmacho and it was just me, Chris, who's the bass player and Anthony, our old drummer. But that stuff, like we didn't write heavy stuff. We were just playing that because it was awesome. Right. But it was just fun to like play like, oh my God, this is awesome. Obviously we were always playing Metallica, but just something like a little different, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. This is great. Can I jump in for a sec? Of course. Um, also, uh, sorry, we're not taking phone calls right now because I'm I'm about to leave. Um, 
Johnny's fed up with this show too. <laughs> well, no, actually, I'm actually I'm actually leaving. I'll, I'll be back in like 20 minutes. Uh, but no, Rage Against the Machine. They only have three records. Isn't that nuts? Is that true? I didn't know that. Wait, Besides where, the covers I, record, mm-hmm. where's three, my avatar? Three original. There, all right, there's me. Um, <laughs> I can't believe they only have three albums because I have literally 20 CDs of theirs. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah, they're probably all the same stuff or just like little variations or I, demos and things like that. But yeah, I think I have a lot of like like bootleg CDs of theirs. I yeah. Think. But yeah. I'm I'm surprised they only had three records because I have them all. But I, I did. I thought there was a lot more than that. And they're awesome. And I love Tom Rello so much. And I'm not a fan of the third one. You, you're not really? No. Like nope. testify the opening song. That song's awesome. No. He once once he stopped screaming. It's almost like like Limp Biscuit type stuff. Like once mm-hmm. these guys go from like screaming to like just rapping, I, I'm 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 over it. I don't want to hear it. You know, right. I need that aggression in a band like Rage Against the Machine and and Limp Biscuit. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, like the scream at the end of Freedom. Yeah, unparalleled. That is fantastic. Wake you know, when he's screaming. Wake up. Wake up. it's like hell yeah man you know try doing the speed limit you're right sharon john's gonna get some coffee starbucks (laughs) that's right okay i'll be back on like 20 minutes i'll be back right before you you guys end all right we'll be here now gonna go for a hike all right all right bye-bye love you the um but yeah so getting back to it i want another full-length album rage against machine dope vocals some aggressive, uh, aggressive leads, aggressive riffs. I want, I want another album. That's what I want. Boom. Next, you go. I'm done. All right. This one's going to be obvious. Um, I, I listen. I want Metallica back with Jason Newstead. You know, even though, you know, he said recently, you know, that he can't physically do that anymore um you know he's had a lot of i guess with his neck and stuff and he said years ago because he had to have like neck surgery like the doctor told him like hey you're literally giving yourself whiplash whiplash every night (laughs) when you when you play live you know it's true um but again it's the same type of thing like rob trujillo if you're just talking about bass playing and stuff like that. He's the, he's the best Metallica bass player. You know, I don't want to hear, you know, I know Cliff Burton and all this stuff, but Rob Trujillo is the best Metallica bass player, but there's something about Jason Newstead in Metallica. I mean, you watch those concerts when Newstead was, was in Metallica and he was, he was that connection with the crowd and he just had stage presence. And when you watch those shows, he gave it his all every mm-hmm. second of every show right he never took a second off you know and when he would he would sing you know a couple of verses here and there um like with whiplash he would do the mm-hmm. the one verse and uh just certain things man like he he just get the crowd going he was the perfect um bass player for that band mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and um again he's not he wasn't the best bass player. Well, out, out of out of Trujillo, Burton, and Newstead, Newstead's the worst. You know, I won't say the worst one, but he's he's third best on that list, and it's but, not even close. 
But Cliff Burton or Robert Trujillo did not write Blackened. Nope. That's right. Those first two riffs in Blackened, Newstead wrote those. Or variations mm-hmm. of them. Yeah, because I think... Yeah. Which is weird, because it's like his only... That, Blackened, and then um, My Friend of Misery, the intro that he wrote. Yep. Those are like his only two writing credits in, in his Correct. entire life of Metallica. Metallica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this is very strange to me, you know? It's like he wrote arguably two of the coolest riffs in metal history. Definitely. Um, and it's like, was that it? Was that all he had? You know, he had those riffs and that's it, you know? Um, but Robert Trujillo wrote Saint Anger. No, he didn't. He wasn't even on that album. No, I'm joking. No. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to get a Saint Anger okay. comment in. Well, what if Les Claypool replaced Burton? Could you imagine? Harvester of Sorrow was new sets too? I don't imagine know. if Hulk Hogan replaced uh, Cliff Burton. Yeah. <laughs> God. See, Octopus Ears is different than me. He says, um, I like Rob more than Jason myself. Sean Mahoney says Robert is so much better. Yeah, as a bass player. But again, it's back to like, and this is my opinion. You know, when I look at that band on stage, when when Newstead is on stage, it just looks like it should. Yeah. You know, it just looks right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Trujillo, like I said, great bass player. I think they're most talented one. Mm-hmm. But it, to me, it just doesn't look or feel right, you know. And again, they now they're lacking all those background vocals that Newstead was a huge part of, especially live. Um, you know, Kirk, Kirk is a terrible um, backup. You know, any any vocals he does, <laughs> they're god awful. And same same as uh, Rob, like the stuff he tries to do. You know, and I, again, I I think it's cool that they're at least doing it. But Newstead was just. You know, he was like their number one fan on stage with them. Yeah. You know, like playing every show like it was his last. Can we talk about Kirk's face as he plays Leeds and Bogan? <laughs> the blowjob face. Yeah. Come on, bro. Yep. It, it's it's bad. He's taking it like he's taking the O face to a whole different level. Like, I, I know you're excited, but like, shit. <laughs> Dude, he's pro- it's probably because like he's like, I don't know how to play these, these solos anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. All right, so you want Metallica back with Jason Newstead, but even though he can't do it. Yeah, I guess. Okay. All right, you did two in a row. Now I'm doing two in a row. Go ahead. People are going to laugh at this one. Yep, let's go. I want Dennis D. Young back in the sticks. <laughs> yep. Yes, I do. <laughs> yep. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Why? Because you listen to all those classic stick songs, man. And that's Dennis D. Young's voice, you know? Mm-hmm. Sail Away, Mr. Roboto. Um, well, not all of them. Obviously, um, what's his name? Uh, the guitar player. My God. I think he quit because of Mr. Roboto, actually. He did. Um, Tommy Shaw. Mm-hmm. Tommy Shaw, like those two, but they like because Dennis DeYoung also was was like a, a big time songwriter. Like the songs that he sang, I'm pretty sure he wrote the major, you know, probably all the ones that that he sang on. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Tommy Shaw was more the rock guy, you know, any of any like the renegade and all that stuff. Like he sang that, right? But just something about hey, damn Yankees. That's right, Kurt. Um, but I don't know, man. I would love to see because Dennis DeYoung still performs, you uh-huh. know, and Sticks are still playing. Yeah, I've seen. But, so there must be, you know, I don't know if the I've real seen. truth is out there of uh, of why. You know, it might be an ego thing. Um, you know, I know Dennis DeYoung kind of like was trying to like really take over and get them more of a theatrical act instead of a rock band. Tommy Shaw wanted this. He's like, no, we're a rock band, man. Come on. Yeah. So well, that being said, Mr. Roboto is my favorite stick song. <laughs> I love awesome. it. Oh, God, it's so great. I'm, I'm shocked that we have a sticks reference for tonight. But that's cool. I like sticks. I do. So there's some classic no, tunes, man. I have no problem with it. I have no problem with it. Yeah. Smitty uh, says, I'll back you up there. His channel is cool and he could still sing like an MF. Yeah. 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 The uh, one thing I wanted to say when we were talking before about bassists, one of the best live bands, if you guys have not seen it, is Seven Dust. The bassist of Seven Dust, that dude is pumped just to be out there. He is the most engaged with the crowd, with the fans. He's always smiling, pointing at people. I love him. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to comment. I love him. I love him. Yeah. All right. Um, my next one I have, it's similar to Rage Against Machine from an album standpoint. It's Mudvayne. Um, <clears throat> I love LD50. I think everyone does. You like LD50. You actually like it. The I love the bass tone on that album. It's it's so different and uh bass tone. Like, it's one of those bass tones where like really that's the bass tone, but like wow, that's awesome. You, know? okay. like, you wouldn't choose that bass tone per se, but for some reason it just works on that album. Yeah, and no one in the chat put bird ding, please don't do it. What no, like from uh dig is like bird ding, bird ding. Oh, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> but um i love the the guitar tone is awesome the the best part about that whole album though is the vocals when if you just isolate the tracks like you can hear chad like as he's about to like sing a part and he's like like he like just gets like he's insane like i i love it it's so cool and i i like mudvayne a lot but their albums after like in the next album was good and it just like they kind of like fell off a little bit to me and it's because of chad not because of the music i just thought chad like they i don't know if he could do it but he was stripped of that like intensity and that craziness that's what they need to bring back that's what i want hmm. so yeah i mean it's a lot of times it's hard to um you know get that consistently out of somebody you know yeah so um yeah so i have mudvayne my next one you're gonna hate oh god was uh is pantera tour only obviously there's no obviously no more studio albums i don't want to hear anyone play dimebag stuff in the studio but live yeah i think it'd be cool to have like let's say zach wild play and um kind of like i don't know like a tribute tour i guess like to like Vinny and dime and just to play pantera classics with um 
with Rex and Phil 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 Beach and Somo. Yeah, I want to. I would love that. <laughs> that was like your best imitation ever. Yeah, I I would love it. I think that'd be so cool just to see like kind of like you know mini reunion have Rex Phil on stage, and um, I, I would love it. I think it would be cool. I would never ever want them to be like, oh, Pantera's back. We're gonna record. Mm-mm, hell no. no. Pantera is dead. And I don't, I don't think I don't think Phil or, or Rex would would be into doing something like that anyway. Well, Phil with his solo band's been playing live stuff. Well, that no, like that's Pantera. fine. That that's fine. But I'm talking about like putting out a Pantera oh, no. record. You know what I mean? Like, no. That even the fans would lose their minds over that. They'd be like, "Hell no!" Right. Yeah. So I think that would be pretty cool. I mean, listen, I'd. Again, we've talked about the whole Van Halen thing. Like, it'd be cool to see a tribute show or handful of shows with, you know, people coming together, a bunch of different musicians paying tribute, you know, like playing their songs and stuff like that. Sure. But I don't want like a huge, you know, thing about it. Like a, you know, yeah, maybe it was another band. But like a show, like how awesome would that be? Like a tribute show. Yeah. Tribute show. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. Um, another band that I had in mind was somebody mentioned it before was uh, you know, Journey getting um what's his name back in there? Steve Perry. <laughs> Dude, Steve Perry, one of the greatest rock voices ever in his in his prime, man. You know? Can't argue with it. You can't, you can try. I know this is a metal show. Yeah. But like we talked about sticks for a bit, which is cool. I like sticks. <laughs> I, I have no problem with Journey either, but I don't really want to talk about them. What other metal bands? I mean, I know if I actually tried to sift through, I'd be able to come up with a bunch, but mm-hmm. like who who lost? I know you were clam- uh, clamoring for a, a Oasis reunion. Oh, God. That's one of those bands I, I despise. What about like Led Zeppelin? I don't mind Led Zeppelin. Mm-hmm. No, Zeppelin's awesome. Who the hell else would I like? I know there's bands that I that I always probably mention from time to time that I'm always like, man, they oh Jesus, what am I? What am I stupid? A Jesus reunion. Queensryche. Chris DeGarmo. You know, when he left that band, the heart and soul just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Queen's right. You want Jeff Tate back? You know, I don't know. I think Todd Latour does um, Jeff Tate better than Jeff Tate does now. You know, um, Jeannie's texting me bands that I always talk about now. Fugazi, Textures. There you go. Textures is cool. The original, well, not the original, the second singer for Textures with that band. Yeah, she's right. And Heat is back with their original singer. Um, oh, speaking of that, Skid Row with Sebastian Bach. Even though it'll never happen. Mm-hmm. Never. No. Um. <clears throat> Octopus Ears is saying Trivium with their original drummer, Travis. 
Yeah, some guys just work better in in bands, you know, the chemistry thing that we always talk about. Oingo Boingo. Man, Oingo Boingo. Now we're talking. <laughs> Danny Elfman, right? Yeah. He it's funny if you watch interviews of like he refuses to talk about Oingo Boingo. It's almost like below him now. It is like, below him now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So, um, so getting through uh, Journey, getting to uh, my final band that I have is um, a band that came out with an album. Their last album was 10 years ago. And then they toured after, like they, they toured for that album. Then they toured as um, an anniversary, 15 year anniversary of their first album, Taproot. And they haven't done anything since, no tour. No, nothing. And I love Taproot. I don't care if anyone uh, else. I love Taproot. I do. That's that's like. Please, some, please, somebody, give me the audio file or video clip of just Brian saying, "And I love Taproot." I love I Taproot. It. The, um, you know, I, I think uh, Octopus here earlier said um, he loves Fair to Midland. Like that's his band. Taproot is my band. Like, I don't know anyone who's just like, "Yo, Taproot's my favorite band." I. I love them. I do. I think they're great. They're, they just have so many, they're just, just really good. Like that's just, they make music for me <laughs> basically. <laughs> like they, they're, they're here for me, not for anyone else, but for me. And um, I know since like 2017, if you go to their Wikipedia page, it says they've been working on an album. They haven't done shit. There's nothing. There's no news, nothing. And I think they're just moving on and no longer doing anything, which is a damn shame. So, well, Jeannie and Kurt both say Pearl Jam with Dave Ambrosese, Ambrosese, whatever, however you say his name. Ambrosese? Ambrosese, whatever the hell you say. Ambrosese, whatever. Um, yeah, he's their best drummer. Mm -hmm. And the music was more progressive with him in it as well, which, you know, Eddie Vedder didn't want that. Um, and what about, uh, oh my God, I just thought of it. A Gizmachi reunion. No. Um, crap. Who the hell was it? I just had it. I was like, oh, that's a good one. I got to mention them. Shoot. Fugazi, Minor Threat. Mars Volta. Oh, God. REM, Rapid Eye Movement. That's me in the corner. Dude, I know the band. You're going to kick yourself when I say it. Who? Porcupine tree. They're back. Fully back now. Yeah, they did. Well, I don't know about fully back, but they just put out a single and a new album's coming out. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yep. Um, that's all I got. Who and I know uh, Johnny, if I say this, he would probably lose it. Lose, lose it. The police, right? Didn't they have a final tour in like 2007, 2008? I don't know, but I, they tried to do a reunion years ago. Like what? Back in the, uh, I guess it would have been sometime in the 90s. And they just, they, <laughs> you know, Stuart Copeland and um, I guess Sting, you know, they can't sit, sit in the same room with each other without Stuart Copeland wanting to punch them. Yep. So. So yeah, who the hell was the other band I was thinking of? Damn it. Oh, well. That's right. 
Yeah, I'll think about it after we sign off for the night. <laughs> yep. Did you want to? Um, well, I don't know if, if Curtsy doesn't really comment in the chat, but did you want to talk at all about um, Gizmachi, or do you want to do that at a different time? About why well, we're not really like a active touring band. Correct. This might have to be a. Um, you know, we got like ten minutes. Not Special. that it's going to be. Not that it's going to be anything crazy, but. Um, you know, I kind of got to get deep into it a, a little bit. Okay. And some things. Some some things might bum me out. So. All right. So we'll, we'll not do it tonight. Yeah. How, how about we finish off with? Um, we're talking about earlier Lamb of God's coming out a new single. It's coming out Friday, but it's premiering tomorrow on liquid metal. But on Friday, another album comes out that we've been really pumped for and it's highly anticipated. Do you want to talk a little bit about the couple other Meshuggah songs that have come out recently? Yeah. The new Meshuggah album comes out. I was really excited until I heard the damn drums. god like i don't know what the hell what the hell they're thinking you know i don't know who mixed it but good night mike olson um he's got a scoop but like it just it pisses me off because like mashuga's one of those bands for me you know that the drumming is is one of the most important aspects and when the drums sound like they do on their new new uh songs new album it makes me lose my mind because there's no excuse for that no excuse for a band like mashuga to have those sounding drums there really isn't so what don't you like is it everything the they snare? sound they sound triggered they sound fake the snare drum is low like it doesn't sound like like his drums you know like and the the overheads are kind of low in the mix. Um, it just it just sounds like I don't know. I'll give you an example. Remember we talked about this when a few months ago, when that short clip leaked online, and you sent it. I think it was you who sent it to everybody mm-hmm. in the band. And it wasn't from like any um, official Mashuga website. It was just like some weird whatever the hell. And I was like, dude, listen to those drums. That's not them. There's no way that that, that would be Meshuggah with those drums. It right. sounds like somebody trying to play a Meshuggah riff um, and programming some shitty sounding drums over it. And lo and behold, a few weeks later, that song leak, that song comes out on Meshuggah's official website and it's those drums. I was pissed. <laughs> Because I'm like, you know, their last album came out, what, six years ago? Uh-huh. You know, and I'm like, you know, six-year break, you know, you're expecting, you know, just amazingness. You know, you don't want anything to, I mean, you have all the time in the world to like, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting, now I'm getting pissed. <laughs> um, so it just, it just really bothers me that, that a band like that has drums that sound like that. Mm-hmm. So, so what do you think about? Is there anything that you do like? Like, I think Jen's voice sounds awesome. Yeah, he sounds yeah. The guitar sound, I think, sound good. 
Like, what do you think the two songs that came out since we talked about Abysmal Eye, like the Shortening Fuse and I Am That Thirst? What's the newest one? I Am That Thirst? Yeah, that came out last week. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, I don't know. It's like, it seems like each song, there's like two and a half riffs for like each song. It's just weird. Well, the Abysmal Eye is definitely that. Yeah. Like, like the Shortening Fuse is, is a dope song. I really like that a lot. Like I'm, I'm really happy with it. But also, <clears throat> I know you, you hate the drums, and and like for you, like when you hear or hear something you don't like, I know you, and you're just like, I'm done. Like yeah. I can't get past that. It's like you know, I can no, 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 no. You're like, I'm done. I can. I'm like, well, I'm listening to the guitars. I'm like, oh, that that guitar riff's awesome, or you know, that tr- transition's cool. Jen sounds awesome here. You know, I look at it that way. You're just like, nope, can't get past. It. <laughs> yeah, out of the three songs that have been released, I've listened to one of them all the way through which one the second one released like the short infuse that song's yeah. awesome uh the other two i just i i can't get i can't get past the drums like they're a drummer's band you know what i mean mm-hmm. like drummers love mashuga yeah and when you're it's almost like you know if eddie if van halen came out with an album and the guitars sounded dreadful like that doesn't sound like Eddie Van Halen playing guitar. It would almost be that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what the hell? What's going on here? It's almost like that type of thing where like, you know, when Sugar comes out with an album and the drums sound like that, even, even when they. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Even, even when they came out with um. Catch Thirty Three, right, <laughs> which was all programmed drums. Yeah. That still was it was okay because you know I guess uh the drummer Thomas had issues with his wrist, he was having carpal tunnel issues, and they admitted, like, hey, we just we programmed the drums for this album. Mm-hmm. So it was like, all right, and they still sonically sounded okay, like it still fit the Meshuga template, if you will, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. But this does drums drums don't even sound like Meshuga, you know. So I have a, I have a question for you. It's from uh, Quentin James in the chat. What do you hate more, the sound, the drum sound on the new Meshuggah or Jeff Kiesel? Jeff Kiesel. <laughs> good question. No, wait, it's not wait to stir up the pot, Quentin James. It's easy. I should have been a yes. Um, the funny thing is, I uh, my parents took me to get drum lessons when I was. Oh crap! How old would I have been? Whenever that remember that song that came out. And I hate it now because they play it in uh, in Lambo. Forty um, one. No, the um, the I don't want to work. I'm gonna bang on my drum all day. Remember that yeah. song? Uh-huh. When I was a kid, when that song came out, I was like a Looney Tune over it. So my parents brought me out because my brother played drums. So my parents brought me out and got me a um, a practice pad, you know, and I put the drumstick through it, you know, and then they brought me up to get drum lessons and they brought me in there and the, and the drum teacher was like, he's too young. <laughs> he's, he can't get drum lessons now, but um, I love drums, man. That's the first thing, I, unless I'm listening to like a guitar record, like a Steve Vai record or Larry Mitchell, something like that. Mm-hmm. Obviously I'm going to focus on the guitars, but if it's like a metal album or something like that, or a rock album, maybe not, not rock as much, but metal stuff, dude, if the drummer is good, 
I'm like, all right, you know, that drummer's awesome. Listen to listen to that beat he's doing right there. Listen to that cool fill. And again, it's not about overplaying. It's just, you know, I hate basic drums in progressive-esque music. Right. You know, or music that if they had more of a um, drummer that had a little bit more to him, it would help that band, in my eyes, be better, you know? Right. Like, if your drummer is good, like, let's just put it this way. I've said this before. If you have a good drummer in a mediocre band, it makes the band good. If you have a mediocre drummer in a good band, it makes the band mediocre. That makes sense? It does. Okay. Um, I that's agree. why, and I've said this about my own band, right? Gizmachi. The fact that Jimmy is as good as he is makes us better than we actually are. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you put even a good drummer in Gizmachi, I don't think anybody would give a shit. <laughs> you know, but it's the fact of Jimmy's drumming that does take us to, you know, two levels above or three levels above what we actually are. You guys are like the in sync of metal, though. Like you're, you guys are all about looks. Yeah, can't you tell? I got something bleeding on my face tonight. What the hell's going on? <laughs> um, but I did shower today for the first time in like four days. There you go. So, yeah. The day can only work for so long, <laughs> dude. That's that's a, a blessing and a curse. When you have a bidet, you don't like if you ever have like you know explosive. You know, you eat something bad or something. You're like, oh my god. You know, <laughs> for like four hours, you can't get out of the bathroom. You're like, I have to shower. Like, I I can't. You know, but if you have a bidet, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't have to shower today. So I'm, you know, <laughs> it's almost <laughs> the bless. That should be like. A, a company's like um, slogan on the box, a blessing and a curse, or a, at the same time, you know. <laughs> a bidet. No need to shower today. <laughs> no need to shower today. You have a bidet. Yeah. There you go. Yep. No, I, I agree with you though in regards to uh, the bidet, and no, I mean drummer. Um, <clears throat> drumming makes everything. It really does. Yeah. It's the backbone of everything that you're doing. So if you have a weak spine, <laughs> weak backbone, it's just everything else is going to fail. Your foundation's not there. Yeah. So you're right. No, I Almost like the anchor in a tug of war or something like that. You know, if you don't have that big barrel ass in the back, you know, <laughs> anchor, you know, hunkering down back there. You know, how, yeah. wants to know, how the F can you not shower every day? Well, <laughs> listen, yeah, I have tough. a good excuse for the most part. Anybody that knows me, that's a you know close to me or whatever, like I'm pretty much, you know, a stay-at-home dad type of thing. So, you know, I really don't have to get up and like leave the house to go stand around people at work. You know, if I, if that was the case, I'm the same type of guy. Like, it takes me a while to wake up. So, in normal circumstances, if I have to go do something and be around people. I will shower, you know, cause I, yeah, it's hard for me to wake up for a while if I don't shower. But again, you know, Sherman Callahan got the Gizmachi CD last night. Oh yeah. Anyway, good. I smell good now though. Good man. 
glad to hear. And I'm, I bet your, your family's happy to hear as well. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Jeannie's uh, probably really happy. <laughs> and Octopus Ears found out tonight that he saw Gizmachi live back in 2005. We must not have left a, a, a lasting impression then if you, if you just realized, what, 17 years later that you saw us live. <laughs> he remembers you like on stage talking about showering in bidets. He's like, this is the guy, the, the, the guitarist. What? Yeah, um, what was it? Octopus Ears. If you go on YouTube, there's a video from um, – crap, is it the – Hotfest? Yeah, but – I don't remember what um what show they filmed. Do I have the D the Davey Day up here? That John Biel sent me. He sent me the Blu-ray of that uh of Ozfest 05. And um it says where it was filmed. Massachusetts or something. I forget what it was. You know, it's a good thing they didn't film the Connecticut show, which was like I think the third show or second, whatever the hell it was. Because that's the show that like within I think the first song of the set, Mike's um, amp blue. And so for, I think we got to play three songs on Ozfest. Um, it's like a 15 minute set and our songs are long. So, mm. you know, we're like, all right, we guess we're playing three songs. <laughs> so anyway, you know, Mike, you know, not only dual guitar players, like, you know, while I'm playing a lead or something or a solo, he's got the rhythm, right? So it helps fill that, you know, if anybody's in a two guitar player band, you know, while somebody's soloing, if you don't have that extra rhythm guitar behind all the attentions on you, like any little note, you screw up like, oh shit. So his amp blew and also he sings in the band. So he had to like stand up there without a guitar working and <laughs> sing, you know, and that's got to suck. Right. So when his amp blew, he didn't know if his, if like the whole side of his stage went mm -hmm. and I guess the monitors, something was up with the monitors too. So he couldn't hear his voice in the, in the, in the stage monitors coming back at him. So I don't know if it was during that first song or whatever. So his chorus is coming up for him to sing. And I've told you this story before, Brian, and I might've said it on here too, but one of the funniest moments, cause you know, I, I obviously had no idea what was going on. So he steps up to the mic and it's in the middle of a song we're playing. And he like, he couldn't tell if anybody, if his microphone was on. So he goes, can anyone hear me? Anyone at all in the middle of a song. So he said there was this like group of group of dudes in the front that was looking up at him. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so just imagine, imagine <coughs> a band play, right. Or going to a concert and the band's in the middle you know, playing and they're slamming or whatever. And all of a sudden the one guy just steps in the mic. Can anyone hear me? Anyone at all? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, oh man. When he told me that after the show, after this, our set was over, obviously we were bummed because like, crap, man. Like, you know, we obviously didn't sound as full as we should have. But when he said that, it kind of like, you know, made it a little better. Like, uh, it's funny, you know, something yeah. like that happens. So Sherman Callahan asked, uh, in regards to the, the CD, what are, what songs should you check out or what's the best songs? So I'm partial to, uh, broken ends and trick my soul. So if you want to check those out and then look in the CD and you'll see why I like those songs a lot. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, if, if you can read, you might have to get uh, your uh, binoculars out to read <laughs> the font on this uh, on this album. That's Mike's fault, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'll blame him every damn day. Um, <coughs> nah, so, I'm just joking. Sherman Calendars, the whole album's great. Um, Jay's probably Jay's uh, Magna, Magnus Opus is Omega Collide. Yeah, title track. But title track. I think. And again, I could just be saying this because it's, you know, our record, mm-hmm. but I think it's a front to back listener, man. Like, um, you know, it's just like wiping front a to lot back. of, yeah, a lot of thought went into the track listing. Um, and I'm a big, you know, guy of like, you look at it like a movie, right? It's got to have an ebb and flow. It can't just be all and then down here, there. It's got to do this, you know, like get you up, bring you back down a little bit, get you up, you know, different, different, uh, you know, layers or certain feelings or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think we did a pretty good job with that, you know. So if you get a chance, um, you know, sit, sit back, you know, do your favorite whatever and throw on some headphones and just kind of listen to it. It's an hour and 26 seconds long, I think. I think that's yeah. the or our album an hour and 12 seconds, whatever it is. Um, but again, that last song to me is, I think it's our best song ever. And um, it's the one song that, that we've written and recorded that I get goosebumps from. It's very hard for me to listen to our own music from an outside perspective, you know, like a fan. And that song, like I listen to it from a listener's point of view, like a fan, like a, oh my God, you know, like I put that song on, dude, and I'm, I just lose myself in it. I get goosebumps a couple times during it. And um, it's just, I think it's our, it's our best song. It's a great song. You know how you listen to albums and songs that I wouldn't say that you don't love, but it's just like, eh, whatever. And then all of a sudden you listen to it again and you're like, I can't stop listening to this song. Was that right? Was that? What song is that for you? New Day. I, uh, I think the chorus is awesome. It is. So like, I, 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 oh, I tried I to mute the microphone and fart, but I don't think I muted it. <laughs> <laughs> Did it mute? Did you hear it? No, I was, okay. I was repulsed. I'll have to go um, back. Yeah. So I, I, I was singing the chorus and I sent it to, uh, the balls dreams of parties when no one shows hey, mike mike wrote the lyrics for that i know that, that song yeah i thought he did a pretty good job it's, it's a great song um what 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 always what's always the weird thing for me is you know i'll have a least favorite song or something on um on an album you know like our like our two albums are for you know and i'll ask somebody or somebody else say like oh my god this song is my favorite. And I'll be like, really? <laughs> That's my least favorite. That's the one I skip. You know, it's it's weird to hear stuff like that. You know, like somebody's favorite song of ours is something that I, you know, it's not like I don't like it, but it's just not as, you know, whatever. It's always, it's always funny when that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of people have said that, uh, oh my God, I don't even know the names of our goddamn songs anymore. <laughs> A genie, not showering, farting on camera. Such an old man. <laughs> um, what's the the song with the long middle part? 
clean guitar part with uh, the droney kind of um, what album imbuing? No, new one, Omega Collide. Oh, I, have, I don't have it right here. No, I gave it to Paul. Shattered Dream. No. Inner Visions. Yes, Inner Visions. That song. I'll, I usually skip that song. Really? And two people have told me that. Well, two people like big deal. But they're like, oh my god, Inner Visions is it's like is the best song on the album. I'm like, did you hear the rest of the album? Like, is that the only <laughs> song you heard? You know. That's a that's a really cool song, especially get to hear you. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. Yeah. That one's got. Hold on a second. Well, hold on a second. That one's right. got a uh, crap. That one's got crap. Yeah. Jay's going to take a shit. Everyone. I haven't and played I, a seven. I apologize for him for farting on the show. I'm um, sorry. That one's got the uh, that riff. The uh, that one, right? Yep. This thing's still in tune, you know? And everyone, it's uh, standard tuning right there. Then the, uh, I forget how the solo goes in that, but that one was a cool... Hey, look, Kurt. Thanks, man. Sent me the uh, James Hetfield Black Fangs. It looks like uh, the Ultimate Warrior on the back. like that. It does. You're right. Yep. Kurt, thanks for sending me some, bud. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that part, you know, the digga 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 That's a cool riff. I always like that riff. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's not like it's a bad song. It's just, um, you know, one of those songs that maybe I've heard it a million times. And anyway. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Sherman Cannon, you'll you'll like it. It's a great album. Oh, Johnny's here. Welcome back, Johnny. And speaking of, of albums, ah, never mind. Never mind. Talk about some other time. All right, I think, um, <clears throat> yeah, this. Uh, I think we're good, right? Anything else you want to talk about, Jay? No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you, channel members. If it weren't for you, Jay wouldn't be farting onto the microphone. And admitting I don't shower very often. <laughs> Great night for Jay. Great night for Jay. Um, so without you guys, we wouldn't know all this stuff about Jay. Um, yeah, thank you very much for everyone tuning in tonight. Great show as always. Thank you. That was uh, a good really, show, wasn't it? Yeah, and we really appreciate everyone you know, taking the time out of the day, hanging out with us. It's it's always a good time. Thank you. So. Thank you so much. Yeah. And then um, Friday, we'll have Jay back here. Hopefully not uh, no flatulence with Johnny and uh, most likely Curve 5150. Probably hop in at some point. Hop on. Hop on. Come on yeah. on. Hop on on. Saturdays, we have uh, the host, John Bull, for Saturday Night Live, which yeah. uh, it's always a good time on uh, Saturday nights. So if you're not out gallivanting in the streets, tune in. You might see some uh, odd guests from time to time. 
And then Sundays, you got Johnny's uh, string chain show. Changing pants, changing strings. <laughs> That's where uh, Johnny streams live from his OnlyFans Sunday nights. Yeah. Great times. That's awesome. And then, uh, then you have us on the heaviest night of the month. Make sure you tune in. And April. What's um? What yeah? What's the date in April? April twenty seventh. That's my birthday. I might have to uh change that. Twenty thirty one. No what? wait, that's March. <laughs> there is no uh thirty one days in April. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, well Jay's birthday is the next middle Wednesday. So I don't know. Maybe Jay will just oh wow we'll, we'll have a special guest. No. There's no wow. metal Wednesday without Jeff. Seventh is Wednesday, yeah. Birthdays for everybody. Maybe we'll yeah. do it the week. Maybe do it the week before. Yeah, we'll see. We'll um, I'll let everybody know pretty soon. So. Okay. Cool. Great show. Thank you, everyone, for uh, for Jay, for Johnny, for myself. Have a great Thank week. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah. I'll see you guys on Twitch. Bye-bye. I got a pee. You got a pee? You got a poop too. <laughs> Who, you?